When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for watching the Instant Reaction. For full episodes of the Canon Podcast, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Canon Pod. Mikel Arteta's army. We're Arsenal through and through. We'll sing it in the North Bank. And then welcome back to the Instant Reaction with Alexander Manipani and my very good friend. <laughs> George V, how are we doing, boys? That's a that's a great night. A night of setting records. An incredibly fun night. Probably the most fun that we've had all season. Uh, it's just yep. wow. Just wow. Full of attacking flair. Um, Arsenal found a way to, you know, attack we again, so to speak. Yeah, we clicked. Um, but wow, mate, I have so much to say. We finally announced ourselves to Europe. There are so many things to get into tonight. So many records. Uh, it's just it was amazing it was amazing it was yeah. an amazing performance i think the psv game was was kind of was a really fun night but i think tonight because because there was more i don't know i think i think the psv game we didn't necessarily know what to expect but i think because we came into this game thinking you know lawns were hard to break down last time it's going to be a bit of a slog tonight whatever and then to go out and do that that is what makes it feel They're so exciting. They're one of the best we... defensive teams in Europe, mate. Like, it's no, it's, yeah. look, I understand it was easy, but, you know, we made it look, we were incredible yeah. on the night. On the night, this is probably, no, this is, this is the best attacking performance that we've seen all season. This was us at our scintillating best. And you know what? I have some very interesting opinions about us in transition in terms of the Champions League long term. Uh, and in terms of, um, you know, some of our strengths, because you know what? It reminded me of seeing a Bayern team back in the old day in terms of the quality you look at like the Declan Rice at um at a at DM and then you look at essentially uh the speed with which that we counter is just absolutely incredible like Arsenal in transition reminded me of the old Bayern teams of Ribery Robin that devastating ability to turn an instant into a counter attack and score it was just it was incredible and look it was a 5 10 minute spell where we really saw you know kind of lens breakdown and you know you're not sitting there saying that arsenal are uh gonna guarantee to win but we are one of the better teams in the in the in the competition we yep. absolutely have set a record for the first team ever to score five goals and a half and that's not something that you shrink your your head at no matter the opposition and you know ironically despite lens not performing brilliantly in league one they are still one of the best defensive teams in europe and it's not something that you would associate you know, uh, we found how difficult it was in France. And so this does mean something. And, you know, Kai Havertz, the confidence he will take into this, Tomiyasu, the performance is brilliant. And th th there's so many things that we can get into. I just felt like we should enjoy this. There's going to be so many people there trying to sit there and say, well, don't count your eggs before they hatch. No, no, enjoy this performance. This was brilliant, our best one of the season in terms of an attacking sense sit there and enjoy a 6-0. They don't come off on very often. This isn't something that, you know, uh, you're going to regularly see. So sit there and enjoy it. Yep. 
hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And I think, um, yeah, it, it, it's one of those nights where you kind of, the, of course there are structural things, but actually I think there are, there's more of a focus on individuals and, and I want to come to all the individuals. I, I'd yeah. like to at some point in the interaction, go through the whole team and just, and just pick out some, uh, some performances, but yeah. Um, in terms of our attack, that just just speaking in, in terms of group, that front five. Mm-hmm. First uh, time they played together, mate, all season. Like is it? Because I was, I was wondering if it was either the first, second, or 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 the third, because it hasn't been much. But if that, is that the first time Habert, Odegaard, Saka, Jesus, Martinelli? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think we've seen that yet, have we? Okay. Because well, I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure the comments on let us know. Yeah, somebody um, double check for me, but I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that we haven't had a chance for all of them. Maybe in maybe in. Because we've had that midfield and we've had that front three, but I don't together. think we've had them together. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I so impressive, so so impressive, so fluid. I, I look at Gabby Jesus, man. And, no, no, let, let's do the individuals later. Let's do the individuals later. Um, yeah, in terms of the overall performance, I was I was really really pleased. I look that that first half. I think you see we've been waiting for that moment all season. And Mikel spoke about it in his press conference earlier on in the week, mm. saying, you know, when you're talking traffic, guys, you can't move. And the moment we get some space, this is why teams sit in low blocks against us. And I know it's so frustrating to watch every weekend in, 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 against Premier League teams. But I was, I was talking about this uh, recently. For a Premier League team at the bottom of, you know, at the bottom of the Premier League, they're spending a lot of time in low blocks. They have a lot of time to essentially to practice sitting yeah. in against the top teams. If you're Lance, if you're PSV Eindhoven, if you, you're whoever, you're competing at the top of your respective league. You're not used to being sat in low blocks. So they can't come along and compact themselves in the way that a Burnley can and a Sheffield can because they don't do that week in, week out. And I think we see the benefits of that in the Premier League, in the Champions League, sorry, uh, from the from the difference in the Premier League. And I, I just, yeah, I, I the it, it, it's it's such a lovely reminder in many ways mm-hmm. that we still we are still kind of able to do that. And uh, you know, it's 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 re- it, it's it's understandable and you kind of rationally understand in the Premier League when you're watching it. I understand we're a good team. Teams are sitting in against us. We need to just find a way through. And you, mm-hmm. think, I hope that's still there when teams do actually sit, uh, sort of uh, step up a little bit. But actually to see that play out in a game is a really nice feeling to be like, okay, it's also objectively true. Like Arsenal faced the deepest line in Europe's top five leagues. That's mm-hmm. an objectable fact. And yeah. so, uh, I mean, in general, you can understand the issues with central progression. And I think we sit here on a podcast trying to make everything better. That's essentially the point of us trying to talk on podcasts. But you can't ignore the the basic fact that teams set up very differently against you. And, you know, the one thing that I really enjoy is that in terms of transition at the top level, when we face elite teams, elite teams won't low block against Arsenal. Yeah. And um, I think that's where I start to get excited. Because you start to translate this type of performance into some of those um, bigger games, the Real Madrids, the Bayerns, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to go and sit back in the lower space. Yep. Yeah, no matter how good you are, they don't. The big teams, they meet each other. And um, I just I just think, wow, this Arsenal team is, are they the best transition team in Europe? I'm trying to think of a better transition team. It's hard it's hard to say that because we don't do it very often, but I think when we are allowed to transition. Well, think about it. We we blow know. teams apart. Like I mean, I I I'm struggling to find another team in the Euro, in Europeans top 5 leagues that transition as effectively as Arsenal. 
we know we have the most effective out of possession team. But I've been trying to think about this lately. And, you know, maybe it's because of sample. We haven't seen the the front line uh, with enough time. We haven't seen enough sample of transition moments, period. I agree with you. It's just not how teams want to play against us because you see what happens. But from a from an objective standpoint, can you find another front line that's uh, uh, that's more transition focused or at least more efficient in the transition? Mm. Uh, maybe you could argue city. You could definitely argue cities, but um, it's hard to yeah. say. I think you know we need. This is why it's so exciting to to be advancing in this competition. It's because then we can like a lot of these questions that we have that we bring up on the podcast and stuff. We can yeah. begin to answer them against against the top teams. You know, are yeah. we at that level? Are we really there? And I think I think we are. I think we are. It's just you need to get to those to those competitions and and, and start to see see yourself against those 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 teams. Let's uh, let's talk individuals. I want to start with Tommy Asu, who I thought had a fantastic. I would still give the man a match. Yeah. I thought Tommy Asu's first half was incredible. Maybe the best I've ever seen him play for Arsenal. I thought he was absolutely both going going both ways. I thought he was absolutely sensational. Uh, obviously, yeah. he got two assists, um, but he was defensively that clearance, that ball for Martinelli. Uh, I think was that. I think Mark, I think that might have been for his goal. The crossfield switch, um, switch, the yeah, crossfield yeah, switch, which. I know people looks it looks like a clearance, but he does spot him. You can see I'm not. No, it's no, not, no. That, you know, that, that's I'm, intentional. Look, maybe it's into space. It's intentional to put it there. It's intentional so to, to find Martinelli. Yeah, yeah. Um. You know whether whether he intends that exact fade on the pass, I don't know, but he executes it executes it perfectly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just thought, and and also surprised me so much, mate, with the overlap, which we've spoken about with Tommy Asu before, in yeah. terms of maybe not seeing that side of his game, but actually tonight, wow. And you want him sold. Uh, yeah, I do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those who missed this, I posted a video on the different knock. So essentially saying, Tommy Asu, sell, sell, what did I say? Selling Tommy Asu, let's talk. And at the end of the video, I went, I wouldn't sell Tommy Asu. But for the last 24 hours, everyone's going, ha ha, you'd sell Tommy Asu. No, oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> I had you. I, the I, video. <laughs> I've been holding that in the whole time. But um, no, it was, it, was, it was amazing. And look, we've seen the dominance of Tommy Asu. What really struck me was the crossing variety, mate. Like we're talking, I think we yeah. glanced over it and we're not talking about it enough. Despite yeah, him overlapping, the technique to do at least the deep cross for me was special. The first mm -hmm. one, he's kind of, He's facing play. It's a pass that you would expect most Premier League footballers to make. I don't want to dim diminish it. He's got to have the intelligence to find him. But the second cross, mate, that's special. That's yeah. him picking his head up, finding the man, and purposefully putting it kind of in a deep area that um, that that is brilliant. I just I don't know. I thought I thought on the day he was uh, amazing, and he doesn't pick up his head enough in the final third, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So even when he does get to the final third, he's got his head down. He kind of kind of does the pattern play he, he he will do the overlap if he can but he's got such brilliant technique i don't think he's as comfortable higher up the pitch and he's just full of confidence right now he's taking uh form uh in in terms of being in the squad and being important in the squad again and i just think wow what what a performance by him is um he offers an opportunity for ben to kind of come in mm -hmm. at his own pace and you know i know there's going to be some joking comments does ben get in over Tommy Asu, but boy, that he is right. playing brilliantly. By the way, both are fullbacks and on heart. Zinchenko was incredible again. Yeah, yeah, I, I think um, yeah, the Tommy Asu one, the, especially the assist for Erdogan. I didn't see it. 
I, I'm sat there with a, t- a television camera. I didn't see that pass. So for him to pick that out is is incredible. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean, I mean, personally for me with Tommy, just to, just to finish up on him, I mean, if you're looking at Wolves this weekend, it will depend on you know whether you want to deal with Pedro Neto. You know that that's 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 a that's a question. And you know the the concern with Tomiyasu is always well can he can he sort of perform in the, in the in the final third and maybe against a different team maybe who who defended a different way maybe he looked different but I was really really impressed I love finding new dynamics to players finding just little things you go oh you've never done that before mm. um, I thought I saw that with Tomiyasu see so yeah, let's let's touch on Zinchenko as well who I thought was was terrific brilliant on the night I think um, he uh, what I enjoy is when he's aggressive in his defensive actions. Um, I find that there's times that he uh, he's definitely somebody that anticipates brilliantly, but I think at times sometimes he's overtly aggressive. And I'm going to make like kind of an opposite point to what people might think. It's very important for a fullback to be jumpy to their marker, right? It's very important to put the pressure. But one thing that's really key is that when you are going to be aggressive approaching your marker, your marker, you have to calm down in the follow through. You have to get there quick, but you don't actually have to tackle quick. And that's really important when you're defending a side like Zinchenko, who, by the way, comes in with massive amounts of space down on the channels. He doesn't always get that calculus correct. Currently, in the last couple games, he's back. I think that there was a period at the beginning of the season where I thought he's been incredible defensively. And then there was about, I'd say, a three to four game period where, again, he struggled. But on the whole, this entire season, Zinchenko has been incredible defensively. And I think he doesn't get the praise enough for that because it is a weakness and mm-hmm. was a weakness last season, but he's clearly worked on it. I thought he was punchy with the ball as usual, but um, I've always felt like he's been able to understand the positioning aspect with the ball. That was never an issue for me. And yeah. he's even been very important in terms of some of the vertical staggering of the pivot that we've seen um, in, in previous uh, performances, but just off the ball, um, he's been brilliant. And also aerially, I don't think people realize because he's small, he is one of the more aerially dominant yeah, he's, fullbacks. His numbers are crazy if you look them up. The yeah. social joins makes a good point here. He's funny worked out to play with Rice. I think actually it's it's, it's the distances. He, I think he's understanding yeah. when to come inside a little bit more, understanding when to remain wide, understanding when it's his time to move inside. I think last season there was a there was a desire to impress, a desire to sort of show himself, which is fine. I think he's now sort of calmed down a little bit and sort of found his, himself in the sort of the fabric of the team, mm-hmm. and yeah, just that 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 ability to 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 choose when to come inside a bit more, when to stay wide. His defending, I've got actually I've got a video coming out about this, but his defending numbers are through the charts from from last season. So yeah, I think Sinchenko deserves a lot of credit. Um, Gabriel this evening, just it, it's all summed up in really what the does video. he need? To, what George George. What does this guy need to do to be considered like top five centre backs in the Premier League? What does he need to do? I don't, I don't get it. What more he, can he do? Okay, he is the definition of technical aesthetic bias. Gabriel looks awkward, therefore he must not be good. It's ridiculous. It's just a false equivalence. Gabriel is absolutely not just top five, mate. Like I put him a little bit higher. Can you name multiple left-footed left centre backs that have been this consistent since last year? Okay, for, for, left last... footers, for left footers, he's the best in the league. But, well, but it's overall centre backs. Of course. And I would argue, look, I love Nathan Ake. I think he's in the conversation there. It's but then I start. Back, really. Well, for, for, I, Pep, I, for Pep, for Pep. For Pep, sure. And, and he's at least in the conversation. But then I start to think across Europe, are there very many that have had the consistency with which he's been able to have? No. And look, this is a Gabriel game transition, physical side. Yeah. He's up for the fight. It's his perfect type of game. So it's yeah. not just a commentary on the, on the night. 
but it's been basically since the beginning of last season. And I would argue even last season, he was our most consistent center back. Saliba gave us probably our best peak performance at a time, but Gabrielle was more consistent than Saliba last season. And it's not as though he's faltered in this season. So I'm with you. He was colossal. Um, and I just think Saliba was um, not from a fault of his own quiet uh, today. And there was yeah. other people that took on the responsibility, but he doesn't need to be the, the, the constant player that steps out and solves things for us. He's so important in our buildup, but I just thought he did a brilliant job about letting others to shine and then impose himself in moments when he needed to. And you know why I really like that from William Saliba? It's experience, mate. You don't have to be the star of the show in all moments. And I love that because it produces a more controlled performance. It produces more um, aura-defining performance if you really mm -hmm. want to talk about it like that. The experience to not uh, be the one to dribble and really let others shine when they need to is just a humbleness I didn't think he had, or at least he could have this young. It's very difficult, mm -hmm. and I just thought it was brilliant from both of them. The entire the entire team's going to get glowing praise, but um, I just thought he was arguably maybe one of the more quieter defenders on the night, and that's ironic. Yeah, I think I saw a few shouts about Wahi. I think that was slightly overplayed. Um, why he was brilliant the, on the, the night, people the want uh some halftime reaction george <laughs> we can't keep up with the uh, where was it the demand we can't keep eh? up with the content demand mate <laughs> <laughs> um let's uh i've got a couple of things i want to talk, talk to you about so i won't run through the entire team although we absolutely could um anything from the midfield well we should talk about Havertz. we should just we should 100 talk about Havertz. you have um, to it's his best individual performance that we've seen so far and i think uh you swagger know, mate swagger you, you know what it was for me? It was that moment in the corner. Look, we can we can talk about the goal. Um, you know, he look, it's brilliant that he got it. I don't think that that's necessarily something mind blowing that we haven't seen Havertz do. It's again another example of him uh, getting in. Uh, I don't know if I'm looking <laughs> quite as dapper. But. Milo Haynes says, "Can George give us an in depth analysis of how he gets his hair that fresh? Also looking very dapper in that tan jacket." George, the people are uh, loving it. Sorry, I, uh, I'm I'm honored. Thank you. But um, <laughs> no, I think uh, what. In terms of Havertz, I think he's made that movement before, similar to kind of his last goal. Like, the movements he's made, he's just finishing them here. The one thing I wanted to highlight was that moment in the corner, that brilliant bit of invention with the dribble. That's him on confidence. And mm. look, if you were to basically have him receive in space, he would go forward in this game. And I'm just interested to see where the confidence takes him. I don't think that we can go much more beyond that. It was his best individual performance Still something that you probably want him to still take um, more influence, at least in a mm -hmm. passing sense. He's got that ability. He's got that passing authority. Mm -hmm. We still haven't quite seen that, but he's taking baby steps. And mm -hmm. all you can ask is basically for that. Yep. I mean, even even just the pass to play Martinelli, and I think before he has a shot that goes to yeah. Saka before his goal, it's just perfectly weighted. He's not trying to, it's not Hollywood ball. He's just calm in the final third, plays the right pass. And, and that can't, that can't be underrated. I think with Havertz, I'm a massive believer personally in the idea of like, what is in the micros and the macro, what is in the macros and the micro. You can extrapolate out and you can get obviously accused of, of uh, over analysis. But I, I do believe that, that, that actually, if you, if you look really close at some things, they can often explain really large concepts. And I just watched Havertz in the warm-up and he just had a bit of a swagger. And I was like, that, that's it. All he needs is that just slight swing of the shoulders. You could see his chest puffed out a little bit and you think, that's one moment. 
But if that can translate to a wider thing, if Havertz can really puff his chest out and go, do you know what? I've arrived. What's that? Three goals in four games for a club and country or something like that? Some, something along yeah. those lines. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I was I was really pleased with him. I thought Erdogan had, had a a decent game. wasn't at his absolute best, but I thought he had, had a pretty good game. Um, and Rice can't pass the ball, mate. So, mate, there's a period. That's the problem. Declan Rice can't pass the ball. There's a period, and um, that's good doing the rounds. Yeah, when he does a line breaking pass and then two tackles within the span of maybe he can't pass the ball, mate. He can't pass the ball. So unicorn. He's not progressive. Uh, you know, not progressive. I just, he's a he's a clod hopping English <laughs> English CDM. He's like he's like the next Charlie Adam. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do Jesus, man. I text my mate um, sort of around half time saying, mm. when Jesus is at his absolute peak, there are three or four Arsenal players in in the Emirates era that we've seen that are better than him. And and I like when he's absolutely. Wow, that's a big that's a big claim. Like sit like I'm putting I'm putting Sanchez maybe above him. I'm putting like I'm probably putting I'm probably putting Urzel above him. You know, in, in like picture you know Urzel in his Leicester game or Sanchez against United or whatever whatever you want to put there. But Jesus at his absolute peak, the guy is ridiculous. The ability to turn, the ability to 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 spot movement, the ability to to the calmness in the box. Like the problem with Jesus is he's so streaky and he's kind of I think he's almost so so far on that ability to to see the game so quickly. It's like this is such a weird weird example. But go with me. You're trying to swat a fly. You know, flies can see like wait, they've seen like a thousand frames per second or something. They've like worked out that basically if you go really slowly, they think it's moving slower. But if you go really quickly, they can move because they're mm. seeing things a lot quicker than you can. Jesus, his football feels like he, it's in it's in like 100 frames per second and we're all watching in 60, which sometimes works against him. But when he's on his A game, when he's physically there, he sees things so much quicker than everyone else. I just absolutely, I love that guy. I love him. Yeah, no, I I don't know if I'd go as strong in the whole of Arsenal history, but no, he, no, no, in the Emirates era, Emirates era, Emirates era. Oh, in the Emirates era, yeah, I I don't know, like even then, I don't I, miss do do not misquote because that would be a huge shout. Emirates yeah, era, true. Emirates even era. Even in the Emirates, you know what? Look, uh, I just want to talk about the brilliance of him in terms of him returning from injury. I think this was the most um, uh, dominant I've seen him since injury at least. And that's super exciting. I saw a lot of really uh, poor claims on the timeline that he's lost a yard of pace, that he looks uh, fat um, or something. And, you know, I just, I, (laughs) yeah, yeah. You know, there's, it's just, it's ridiculous. Right. And um, I just, I, he looked dominant. He looks strong. And you know what, when Jesus is fainting, he's confident. Like when Jesus is able to faint with people in front of him, you know, he's in the mood. And I just think that uh, on the broad spectrum, Jesus is a Champions League killer, no matter what. Um, right. There, There is very few people that have his record, by the way, in the Champions League, and there's just very few people that perform in that way. He's such a spontaneous footballer, um, and he's a fun footballer, but that spontaneity really lends itself to a European night, mm. you know, in, in terms of not just the space that you get afforded. It's occasion. But it, yeah, it's for, it's for the occasion, and like he is, yep. he's an entertainer. And what's the biggest entertaining stage? The Champions League. Yeah. And so I just think he, he, he is brilliant. Um, and I think today, what I really enjoyed, by the way, mate, he's going up against Kevin Danzo, who is no slouch. Nope. And he is he- holding the ball, who I thought was brilliant on the day, but he could only do so much. 
And I think that's what I took away. That was brilliant. I've seen, I've seen, or, you know, Jesus kind of outmuscle people that are bigger than him. I've seen that. But to see such a dominant player look poor, it's the sign of a, of a really good player. And he, yep. he is, he's in form, which is, which is what we need going into Christmas. Big time, big time, especially without Fabio Vieira. Um, yeah, uh, we could discuss Saka Martinelli, but they're just becoming jokes, aren't they? So we'll uh, we'll move on from that because I want to talk about. Can we? Uh, no, can I just have one thing? Like you Bukayo can, Saka. you can go, but but we haven't got much time, so be quick. Okay, seven goals in five games. Laughable that people question his European heritage in terms of actually Bukayo Saka himself because he set a record. He's only the third player from uh, 2003-04 onwards to both score and assist in three consecutive home games after Karim Benzema and Luis Suarez. Those aren't um, uh, light names, mate. And he's 22. Like, it's just, it's it's ridiculous. I had to get that in there because, look, Marnelli's brilliant. He's got a goal. He's Random been great. But come on, what what else more can you say about him? He is, he's special. He's a special kid. He made out of the Brandon Williams debates. What, what is he on right now? 17 goal and assist before Christmas? Are we going to talk about his numbers? Yeah. Like, I know we're laughing and we like shake our head, but when has he been this efficient, mate? He could legitimately come into Christmas on 20 to 25 goals and assists in the season. Do you know how crazy that is? He's on 17. He's why on. Don't, why don't we prop this up? Why yeah, are fans it's... sitting there saying, oh my God, is it, is it because, I don't know, Bukayo Saka has this image of being a really nice guy? Why is nobody talking about the efficiency in his numbers this season? It's ridiculous. Is it seven goals and assists in five in five Champions League matches? Yes. <laughs> and 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 it's and it's seventeen goals and assists in the season. Like why this is, is like nobody messy numbers? About this? this is messy it's, numbers. It's ridiculous. It's, Look, of course yeah. he's got to carry this through, yada yada. But come on, I don't understand it. And he's still. It could be argued he's left goals on the pitch. This yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's just it's ridiculous. Hundred percent. Um, very briefly because I, I don't want to linger on it too long with the Luskelly and Wanyeri thing. I, th- I think people were disappointed not to see them, which I I understand. I think it's a kind of misunderstanding of Arteta as a coach. Like Arteta is net until he is absolutely guaranteed, and even then, next I guarantee. I'm not saying I guarantee they don't start, but I'm pretty sure he starts with a strong team against who we're playing. Is it PSV? PSV away. He'll start with a strong team. Guaranteed. I don't get it. Objectively here, it's the one thing that I'm going to say because then I want to move on to the positives. It is objectively ridiculous, mate. It's 5-0. Why bring them into the Champions League squad if you're not going to use them? There are There's oh. Mario Cozier-Dewberry. There's Charles Sejo Jr. who deserve places ahead of Miles and Ethan if you're going to be fair. Um, if you're going to if you're going to want to give a Champions League experience, quote-unquote, to, to players that, by the way, have come to the Emirates before, have seen this before, I think that those are two players that would have deserved it if you're going to say let's let's make up the numbers. We need to make up the numbers from an mm-hmm. academy sense. But if you're not if you're going to do that, then at what point do you bring them on because you've clearly deemed them good enough to make the bench. Like that's no mean feat. Yeah. Like the entire point of that is because you believe they're ready to be introduced. Yeah, that's- I mean I mean my only thing is is we we don't know the future and it might be the case that they're starting next week and it was his way of saying right come in and you have this experience on the bench. I I don't know. I mean but broadly we can we can say what we know over the four years. Not um, even for a graveyard minutes mate for 10 minutes 5 6 nil well, up. Mate, we've 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 spoken about this before right like you know it's it's it, like is Arteta is clearly a coach who is extremely conservative with with young players. That is absolutely a fact. He could be worse than Pep. 
you know, if you really <laughs> think about it. You know, that, it's just that, it's... that that is a that is a fact, of course. However, <laughs> with this specific case this evening, it will depend on the final depend on the final game. Yeah. Um Okay, uh, let's do some questions. Let's do some questions. If you yeah. have uh, anything in the comments, uh, then please let us know because we want to get to As some you're finding it, make Kiwi or look smart. Kiwi or look smart. It's just he's a serious player, mate. And you know what? He deserved minutes tonight. So did Reese Nelson. The people that came on, let's let's get it right. Like They all deserve minutes, but my mm-hmm. goodness, Kiwi or um, I just want that boy to play more um the, the way that he was receiving the ball and the confidence um to play punchy passes between the lines was brilliant and i just think he he's got a level of calmness about him that is brilliant because mm-hmm. i think that when you when you pair him with somebody like gabrielle who's a more aggressive center back um and then you pair him uh you know maybe with uh kind of other center back other people like zinchenko who are aggressive as well i think he's a really good complement there um, and i love the way that we had him uh, in that kind of staggered pivot along with Declan Rice. He was really finding some smart uh, positions. Grumpy Doctor says, can we get to the biggest issue? We need to talk about Ben White and his tanning bed. I hear, um, isn't there something like Newcastle where you guys love your tans down there? What? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, can we get to, yeah, uh, Ben White's hair is, uh, is, is questionable at the minute. Um, Sean Hawks says, question, why didn't Ramsdale, the keeper that got us into the Champions League, get 45 tonight? I think it's the same reason Marzo Scali and Ethan Wanieri don't get on. It's the same reason Amariko Zadubri sat on the bench against Wolves at 4-0, don't get on. And I'll tell you what, it's Mikel Arteta. The thing is, it, when you are that intense and when you are able to produce a team that can do what we saw tonight, there's going to be a, a drop-off. What, something I love is um, was a, like a philosopher guy called Alain de Botton. And he talks about development of people. And he always talks about there is always a, a, a downside. If you see someone who's really, really developed in a certain area, maybe they're really, I don't know, really smart, ac- academically smart at one thing, they're going to be poor at something else. They'll be socially really awkward or whatever it is. That there's there's going to be some kind of downside. And I think it's really, really clear with Arteta. He is so intense, so keen to win, so aggressive in how he how he attacks games uh, so ruthless and how he attacks situations that the downside is going to be he's not going to be kind with those types of young players it's just not going to happen he's not going to do sentimentality minutes for Ramsdale he's just not going to do that so yeah I'm not saying it's right I'm not saying that at all I'm just trying to explain why didn't Ramsdale get 45 tonight I, 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 well I, I mean I, PSV that's my would sense. be ridiculous again I'm, I have to be objective like, Ramsdale's got to, to start He's yeah. got to start against yeah. PSV, and like, uh, I could I could understand it. By the way, in this match, because we technically didn't qualify going into the match, I could understand if look if you have your first choice keeper, you're not going to make a change, you know, on a, on a potentially important day that it could have gone sideways. Like, you know, no one has the foresight that we were going to do what we were going to do. So it was a objectively a tough game. I get that, but um, even the switch at 45 minutes um, would have been tough. But if if we don't see him during PSV. Difficult, difficult questions. Question. Are we starting to see that Rolls-Royce all phases midfielder and Havertz that you were talking about earlier in the season? George, what are your thoughts on Havertz's potential right now? I'm not I'm not sure if that's relating to... Oh, okay, okay the first one is relating to Havertz. Okay. I, go, no, go on, go on, go on. I don't know if I see an all phases midfielder. No, neither um, do I. I, don't re- I really disagree with that statement, but I think we definitely are seeing the, the, the flowerings of what he could bring as a second striker. 
Um, I've always felt that, you know, Kai Havertz has good potential in a specific role. And I think, again, as I've said on this channel, he's not ready for the current version of Arsenal. He's ready for the version of Arsenal that buys a backboard number nine that we can play off of. And by the way, Mikel's comments earlier in the week kind of proved that. He's not somebody that they would prefer receiving back to goal. It's somebody that they would like facing the game in front of them. Sorry, not Mikel's. I think it was uh, Ornstein's comments, to be fair. Yes, sorry. Um, but uh, I just think he's a very specific player for a f specific way of playing, which we could absolutely evolve into. Uh, but I think he's just taking steps right now, and we can't overinflate because objectively he hasn't been worth what we paid for, but that doesn't mean that he won't be in the mm. future. And just objectively, it was his best performance today. So how, how are you going to go and critique that? You know, it's, it's his individually his best performance that he's played. Sway says, chances of winning the whole thing. I think our near pragmatic defending suits it. Timber and Partey would also be a huge boost against Lille. Yeah, this is without Timber and Partey, mate. I was hinting at it in terms of the whole reason I wanted to bring up earlier in the instant reaction in terms of the transition question and the out of possession was exactly for this question. When you talk about Champions League champions, what do they have to be? Absolutely resolute in defense and they have to be killers in transition. It's why I'm wondering, we have a serious opportunity to do something in this competition. And of course, we can speak of the players that we're missing. And it's true, Timber and Partey are huge to this. Can you imagine that we're facing a big boy and we need to become more defensively solid? We have the ability to become more efficient in transition. It's all there. It's set up. We're definitely a team that has been worth, at minimum, the semifinals. I'm not afraid to say it. it there is a minimum expectation for me for us to reach the semis. And then at that point, anything can happen. Um, so I think we've put ourselves in a position to do it. Um, I think we're worthy of the quality to do it. Will we do it? And are we favorites? No, I, I wouldn't put that quite on us uh, yeah. on us yet. Yeah, I've, I've said before, I want us to give a, a good account of ourselves. And, and I think yeah. the capacity of this team is a final, but giving a good account of yourselves could mean a brilliant quarterfinal exit to Real Madrid. I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I just want to give it, I want, I want us to, to give it a good, a good account of ourselves. I think, um, let's do some closing statements. I do want to just briefly touch on this because it was something actually the commentator said. I think we forget, this is also Mikel's first Champions League mm. campaign as manager. To win the group with a game spare, one loss and what is it, four or five wins? It's an incredible, it's an incredible debut campaign. It's an in incredible debut campaign. And I think we are kind of, uh, talked about this before, this concept of the Overton window where things just shift in your mind because he's so brilliant. We kind of just shift our expectations and forget that this is a guy who is barely into his forties, who's still in his first managerial job, who is getting that football out of our players, who has, you know, come through so, so many question marks and manage to answer them in ways that other managers simply don't. And the problem is, is because we have our expectations here, we expect everyone to meet them. And until they get there, we just think, well, you're rubbish, you're rubbish. He's just been consistently doing this year on year on year on year on year. And there's been question marks every single time because there's always going to be the gap of, can you win the Champions League? Can you win the Premier League? Until he gets to there and he, and he answers it, people, are, people still won't give him his flowers. Guys, he's come from here. Like, mm. take, give this guy his flowers, man. He is an incredible, incredible, incredible coach. And we are so, so lucky to have him. And I, I, I look at that team tonight and we're talking about the individuals as we should. Incredible performances. Jesus Havertz, Tommy Asu, whoever you want to talk about. But Mikel Arteta has put this team together in his first managerial job. 
at 41, 42 years of age. Best Chapo. Arsenal manager win percentage in over 200 games. Um, and that's not behind light names. It's just, it's, uh, look, it's ridiculous. There's not much, uh, for as much as I talk about frustration at some decisions with Mikel, he's a generational mind in terms of how he views the game. And I think that he's gotten us to a position where we're sitting here talking about competing with Bayern mate. In the span of two years, we've gone from people jokingly laughing at us to having the team that forces oppositions into the deepest line in the Europeans' top five leagues. We've talked about now becoming the team to set a Champions League record in their Champions League debut with him as manager. These aren't small things. This time last year, we were talking about Antonio Conte's Spurs as because <laughs> going well, above us. Well, exactly. And so, you know, I just think sometimes there's perspective about understanding um, the distance that you traveled. And a lot of people just say, well, I only care about the destination, not the journey. And exactly. they've got the, that's, they've, that's what that is. And it's not recognizing the... The gap, yeah. And, and you know, I think um, it's brilliant um, in, in general. This team uh, is very fun. I think people forgot how potent we can be. And this was just a timely reminder to not just the rivals, but even our fans, mate. Because, look, there's justifiably reasons for us to want to improve in the attacking efficiency of the team. But I think this was a timely reminder that when we do get a chance, we can be incredibly efficient. And when we do put our minds to it, we absolutely can be efficient. And it's worth noting the first time this front five have ever played again. And it's been confirmed in the comments. They haven't. The front three have played together. The midfield has played together. But together as a unanimous front five, they have not played a single minute together. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Um, you know, uh, there's nothing more to say. It was a fun night. It was a night of records. It was a night of reminding Europe who we are. Or a night of reminding Arsenal fans the attacking potency and potential of this team. And um, let's just focus on getting our boys back and taking it game by game because top of the league, top of the group, um, in fashion, by the way, is no uh, mean feat. Because like most goals and assists in this season to go for Champions League. <laughs> Mate, but this is why I'm saying, like, why isn't Bakayo Saka being talked about? These are incredible numbers. They're not minuscule. They're not just like an Arsenal fan getting excited and getting an emotional. No, it's, uh, like, yeah. it, it's ridiculous. It's objectively ridiculous. Um. Yeah. Look, it's uh, it's it's incredible. Um. But yeah, we're through. We're through to the final round. Uh, sorry, to the next round. Uh, maybe the final round soon to come. Wolves on Saturday. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Really appreciate that. Uh, if you haven't liked already, please do like the video. Please subscribe to the Canon Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with another full podcast. Um. And yeah, the season goes on. Pleasure, George. Thank you, sir. Pleasure as always, guys. Hope everybody you, guys. enjoyed that performance tonight. See you guys. Bye bye. Podcast Network.